0: may we continue living in the assurance of God's kind and ever-present grace let's pray thank you Lord for a beautiful Sabbath with the sun shining thank you for your hope that is reborn I'm praying Lord may it be reborn again in this moment in testimony and in your word I'm asking now, Lord, that you would bless us as we enter into a special time of year while we're here in America, perhaps citizens, perhaps guests or students. I praying now, bless the words that I share. May your spirit anoint us and guide this journey. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I'm entitled my message this morning, my top 20 and yours. We're coming up to a time of year in which the devil would like to drag us away from the blessing. How will he do it? With an amazing appeal to discontentedness. It used to be that Christmas didn't start till after Thanksgiving. <laughs> then Christmas started starting on Thanksgiving. And now Christmas is starting before Thanksgiving. I can remember as a boy going down to the parade in Peoria, Illinois. It was the day after Christmas. But now, we're bombarded with the capitalistic and consumeristic mindset, and those things that ought to be sublime and reflected upon are run over in the race to get ahead. The best bargain, the best deal. Now, I just told you about 10 basketballs. I like a good deal as as, as well as anybody. But I want to make certain as we come up to Thanksgiving and Christmas that our lives are properly focused and that we realize that someday soon, the order of life is gonna change and we're gonna to need to be in an experience with Christ that gives us the peace we need, knowing that we're gonna go over to that Beulah land, to that better place, to heaven. I don't want us caught up with our, the roots of our life down into the things that are shallow and superficial. And so we're headed up to what used to be the quintessential American holiday, Thanksgiving. It was the time and the place to stop with no financial entrapments, and remember what really matters most. And this morning, I wanna make sure as we approach Thanksgiving, that we're approaching it in such a way that we aren't robbed of the blessing. We spent the fall focusing on prophecy seminar material, looking into the amazing themes and the efforts going on between the forces of good and bad, light and darkness. But this morning, I want to do something just a little bit different. I want to have a little bit of a family moment with everyone. And I want to encourage you to be very family with intentionality as we approach Thanksgiving. Life is not about how much you can get done and how hard you can work. Life is not about filling every second with something to create security or significance. Life is about filling the divine purpose of God. And he himself said, come ye apart and rest a little while. So my hope and prayer as I reflect this morning with you is that your life will have the highest quality because you're processing according to the leadership of Jesus Christ. Take your bulletins out for a moment and let's read this quote. I want you to highlight part of it and I want you to live by it. Not because it's my will, but because it's God's. Too many cares and burdens are brought into our families. Well, that's natural. It happens and too little of natural simplicity and peace and happiness is cherished. Let's look at this little triad. Simplicity, peace, and happiness, they are very, very related. We're living in a complicated society. We're living in a complex arena. Everything we do is tied to so many other things. But simplicity, peace, and happiness are to be cherished. They're natural things. Our lives are constantly drawn away from them because the devil knows there's an internal reward. There's an intrinsic cycle of satisfaction in living simple and peaceful. There should be less care, the quote goes on to say, for what the outside world will say. Hit the pause button. How much does it matter to you what everybody else thinks of you does it matter enough to fritter away what makes for happiness i hope not there comes a point in time when somebody's got to say i don't care what the jones are doing ideally it ought to be mom and dad there comes a point in time when people have to say i'm okay with me this is what god made me to be i'm not supposed to be him i'm not supposed to be her less care for what the outside world will say and more thoughtful attention to the members of the family. Maybe you don't need that extra degree. Maybe you don't even want that promotion. Maybe it's going to take you away from really living out your calling and living a life that's joyful. It's not that everything you want is one step beyond you and you always need to be focusing on it. God said that today is the day to live without worrying about tomorrow. Less display and affectation of worldly politeness. In other words, let's do away with the polite courtesies and much more tenderness and love, cheerfulness and Christian courtesy among the members of the household. Many need to learn how to make home attractive, a place of enjoyment. This last sentence is my favorite one in the quote. Thankful hearts and kind looks are more valuable than wealth and luxury. And contentment with simple things will make home happy if love is there. Thankful hearts and kind looks. Now it's hard to have a kind look if you don't have a thankful heart. But this morning, friends, I wanna tell you, the most beautiful celebration of family and God's provision is just in front of you. If God has permission to arrange the way I think and the way I live. It's not very often that I take the time, I've never done it since I've been your pastor here to talk about Thanksgiving. But I don't preach next Sabbath, and I'll be gone celebrating Thanksgiving with my family the weekend after that. So this morning, I want to talk with you about my top 20, the top 20 things that I'm thankful for. You may not get to hear them all, because I'm not going to keep us very long, but I'm going to share with you some of them. When I was rehearsing after the first message some of the things that I'm most thankful for, one of the things that comes to my mind is all the stories of all the people who have encouraged me thankful let's get it down thankful hearts and kind looks i'm thinking back to that time in cicero we had no money i was a new pastor wouldn't you know it the devil wants to run you over it's like he's got this big steamroller. you know one of those vibratory rollers they flatten the asphalt out with and here you come in you're a new young pastor and you want to do something and sure enough, there's no money. I mean, none. They owed more money to the revolving fund than they had in their bank account. So they were upside down. They were broke. And wouldn't you know it, not too long after being the pastor there, I find out that we have probably about as many shingles on the roof of that church as are on the roof of this church. But we have no money. And so the idea is brought out, why don't we do this ourselves? Well, every time you try to do something that's going to advance God's cause. By the way, friends, why would we try to do it ourselves? (laughs) Two reasons. Number one, we didn't have money. And number two, doing it ourselves would save money. And bigger than that, number three, doing it ourselves would turn us into a high-functioning team. And that's one thing the devil doesn't want. And so here we are having discussions about whether or not we can do this ourselves. The pitch on the roof was 312, so it wasn't a very steep pitch. We had two layers with over 100 squares of shingles so this is thousands and thousands of square feet of shingles and i can i can remember after the board meeting was over you know they had never done anything like this it was outside their norm it was a lot more intense than christmas behind bars but it was going to be a wonderful experience if we could pull it off and after having the meeting nothing had been decided i'm walking through the hallway of the church And there meets me Keith Brewer. I can only wish Keith was listening to this sermon today. Keith was retired, maybe not at that point in time, but he worked for Delco, A.C. Delco in Kokomo. And he stopped me. One of the things they had all said in in the meeting was, if we do it ourselves, it might leak. Keith stopped me. We weren't professionals. Everybody knew that. And I can still see where I was standing in the church. And he looked at me with that Hoosier way. He was a... Indianian there's such a word and he was uh, he was a down-to-earth guy and he looked at me he said pastor he said when the professionals put it on the first time it (laughs) leaked those of you who choose your lived your life looking at the glasses half-full you don't know how much you do for other people I want to tell you we went on to do it we had kids on the roof Adults on the roof and senior citizens on the roof Everybody had a hammer in their hand. No air nailers We did it that way on purpose it equalized the playing field. Everybody was a contributor We when the Sun went down on Saturday night We had light towers out there and a big telescoping forklift, which was a lull And we started tearing that thing off, and we worked till way into the early morning. We filled trip dumpster after trip dumpster full of shingles. And the next morning, with just a little bit of sleep, we were back out there. People on the road were slowing down to look at us. There's little kids hammering their shingles in. We finally got to where it looked like we were going to have to speed things up, and we broke out some air nailers. But I want to tell you, we had our ice cream at the end of the day, and the joy of it was all started, probably got us just far enough to go the rest of the way, with people like Keith Brewer said, Pastor, it leaked when the professionals put it on. How are you looking at life, friends? Do you really believe there's a God out there that can make this work? Do you really believe there's a general over the Lord's army that can make a victory where it looks like there's a defeat? Why are all these stories in the Bible that explain to us how grim and dark it looked, and why does God wait till the last moment? Because God is teaching us to believe in anticipation of the final battle that it can be done. There's all kinds of people in the church, but the ones with thankful hearts and kind looks are more valuable to the church than anybody else. Even more than the ones that can write big checks. All of us doing our part, but a thankful heart and a kind look. You got that worker at at your work that's grumpy and unpleasant and nobody else wants to deal with them? You give away kind words, kind looks, And you just see if your witness doesn't have a lot of credibility to where the people, when you speak, they listen. Our life is to be full of all kinds of heartfelt offerings to other people that cost us next to nothing. One of the problems with having these devices in our hands all the time is that we're missing out on the opportunity to be intentional with a thankful word and a kind look. The world is weighted down with oppression. The world is weighted down with discouragement. The world is weighted down with self-made misery. But what we need are thankful hearts and kind looks. On my list of 20 things to be thankful for today, the first one, well, the last one, but the first one I'm going to talk about are my problems. All the problems I've had through the years, whether it was getting told I couldn't go back to church school or I couldn't come back to the university or whatever it might be, all of these problems are what God said were his workmen to make me who he wants me to be. Take your Bibles and open them up to the book of James. James chapter 1. James tells us that God's at work all the time. And he's working through the difficulties, which we can't get out of anyway. But how we get through them and how we come out on the other side, that's the issue. James chapter 1, little book, just after Hebrews few books before the book of Revelation. so find the last book in the bible and page backwards and you'll be there james chapter 1 but some of us don't want to be in a real family well i want to tell you god is the ultimate father and mother and he takes care of his children consider it all joy verse 2 james 1 my brethren when you encounter various trials Knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. Now, most of us don't really want to consider it pure joy when we get into trouble. When we're up against hardship, heartache, heaviness. I, don't, I can't really tell you that I naturally look at everything that way either. But I do turn to God so that I can learn something in the midst of it all. It's the testing of my faith that's going to produce endurance. Verse 4, let endurance have its perfect result so that you may be perfect And complete lacking nothing now we're right before a very famous verse we're not to lack anything but the main thing we're not supposed to lack is a knowledge that God is at work in the midst of our problems to make us the kind of people that can be reinstated in the heavenly citizenship perfect and complete lacking nothing it's faith it's perseverance It's the things that are going to actually give us confidence to face bigger problems in the future. But if you're in the midst of a problem right now and you don't sense God at work, you've got verse 5. But if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. What is the wisdom? It's the wisdom to see God at work in your problems. Let him ask of God that gives to all generously without reproach and it will be given to him. Turn over to the book of Corinthians chapter 10, 1 Corinthians. There's something more to know about all of your problems. Every single one of them come metered through the hand of Christ, the nail, pierced hands. First Corinthians chapter 10. God's wanting to show the world how He's tutoring us to a transformation of character. First Corinthians chapter 10. No problem, no trial, no temptation has overtaken you. In other words, nothing's going to sneak up on you and ambush you and get you down on the ground and destroy you, destroy your faith, destroy your hope, destroy your strength, that's not gonna happen. Oh, you'll be surprised at times. But you're not gonna be overtaken because all of these temptations or trials are such as is common to man, and the bigger part is God has metered it out. God is faithful, and he's not going to allow you to be tempted or tried beyond what you're able. But with the temptation, we'll provide the way of escape so that you will be able to endure it. Friends, every day of your life is architected by God to teach you something. That's why some of the smartest people I know have never attended a high school or a college or a university. There's not many of these folks left. My wife's grandpa made it to the eighth grade. But I want to tell you something. Intelligent, you bet. You bet wise, which matters more, absolutely. Life itself, every day itself, is to be an educator. And this is why the Bible says, show honor in the presence of a gray-headed person whose ways are found in the ways of righteousness. Life itself is the ultimate educator. Some people have skipped life and thought a college degree would make up for it, but it doesn't. Life itself is to be the educator. This is why age is And experience in a life of a humble and submitted person adds up to so much for so many if they'll listen. On my list is not only a thankfulness for problems, but it's a thankfulness for the older people who have walked the narrow way. There are all kinds of people in our churches still who ought to be honored. Instead, society is saying they should be ignored. They're in the way of progress. Well, they surely are progress to perdition. They're in the way. Praise God. They're not just speed bumps. They're stumbling blocks for those who are pressing on to self-destruction. And as you age, if you're humble, God will make you an instrument of righteousness from which you can say, speak, and do things that a younger person could never do. Yes, I'm very thankful for the older people in my life who understand and they've been buffeted and tried and tumbled around in the polisher of life. Friends, this morning, make sure that you're listening to the seniors in your midst. They may not get it all right, but hear from their heart what they're saying. And by the way, you seniors, you can pass out more meaningful, thankful looks and kind words than probably anybody else. And when you do it, it means the world. Don't pass them out cheaply. Don't pass them out too freely. Don't pass them out as a pacification. Don't pass them out for the wrong reason, but pass them out generously to those that you see could use them and give them away even more freely than that, because even those who aren't showing the weightiness of life are probably feeling certain heaviness even still. Problems, I'm thankful for those problems. Every problem God has given me to face that I've overcome has prepared me to face a bigger one. All the problems that we had when I went to Cicero were preparation for solving problems when I came to village. And when I'm done in village and I'm sent somewhere else, everything we solved here will be for solving somewhere else. My faith has grown since I've been here. At least when I went to Cicero, we didn't inherit a million-dollar building project that was waiting to get underway. But I'll tell you what, what looked like a big challenge in the beginning was actually God's mixing pot for giving us a new sense, a new chemistry, a new faith. And we're sitting here today. Every time we run into a challenge, we need to turn to the Lord, knowing that He is the great problem solver, that His arm is not short, and that He's able to solve all that we bring to Him. When I think about my list I think about my wood stove. You say, Pastor, that's so trite. You're right, it is. It's very, very simple, except for this one thing. After I've started my day very early and work through the morning, the afternoon, and the evening, and I get home, and when I chop up my kindling and I throw it in there and I light it, when it finally gets up to speed, I have these few moments where I sit down, I lay my legs across the arm of that big chair, I get warm, I get relaxed, If i have a little bit of time i read a few pages out of a book it's my little window to be a person i love my church family and i love my job but i'm not i'm not beyond needing to just sometimes stop and 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 sense comfort and i want to tell you turn up your thermostat if you don't have a wood stove that's fine get your little heater and sit by it i don't know what you do but for me it's going to be awfully hard to improve on the fact that for thousands of years people looked at flames or at least they felt the warmth off a An earthen stove or something else like that this represents for me my get out of the fast lane and travel on a little country road kind of experience I'm thankful for all the gifts including wood that have made my wood stove burn and I'm thankful for the fact that all the world can be pressing on me but when I'm watching the flame flicker through the glass and I'm holding that book in my hands God is just enriching me I'm thankful for slow-cooked food too There's something about a microwave that's wonderful in our fast-paced world, but there's something about a pot on the stove or a crock pot just slowly cooking up some lentils. I'm thankful for things that go slow. I like to go fast sometimes, but I want you to know something. There's something about slow that's becoming more and more rare in this society. But slow is for many things that matter in eternity better than fast. And friends, I hope that you'll put some slow time. I hope as you come up to your Thanksgiving, you'll have a little family covenant where you say, you know what? Today, for at least this many hours, these things are all put in a basket and we're not going to turn the TV on. We're just going to talk. We're just going to be with each other. We're going to rediscover the interest that comes from what happened to you. And I'm going to be interesting as I tell what's happened to me. All kinds of stories. When i think about my list of 20 i have love at the very top of my list what would the world be like without love it'd be so terrible i experience it in so many ways god is the author he flows very beautifully through my wife my children my parents my friends my co-workers through you all of these are categories of thankfulness that i have and as god reflects through you into my life i'm a richer man hope I want everybody here to have hope. My wife was telling me a story that her teacher had shared with her recently. They took some mice and they stuck them in a bucket. They wanted to see how long the mice could live in, in water. How long could they swim? So these mice are in over their head, but they're floating and their little paws are, are beating the water and they're, they're going to the sides of the bucket, but they can't get out. There's nothing for them to grab onto. The mice lasted about 20 minutes. They took the mice out before they perished. They allowed those mice a rehabilitation time. I don't know how many weeks, but then they took those same mice and they stuck them back in the bucket. How long do you think they swam? Get your number. How long would mice who had been in a situation of duress for 20 minutes come to their very end where they can't keep swimming, how long could they swim the next time they stuck them in the bucket? Now we can't prove how mice think. But we can postulate. They stuck those same mice in a bucket of water and they hung on for 32 hours. They postulate, at least some do, that in the back of their little mice mind, they knew deliverance might be coming. We can't prove it but I want to tell you, if I was swimming in the Atlantic Ocean because my airplane had to make a landing and I knew somebody was coming, I'd hang on a whole lot longer than if I thought it was all over and nobody knew about me. Friends, the good news is somebody knows about you. He knows your very DNA. All of those encyclopedic lists and volumes of of all of the chemistry and the biology that makes you you it's not just hairs on your head if the book of matthew was being rewritten god might not say don't worry you're of more value than many sparrows and the number of hairs on your head are numbered if it was being written in the 21st century he might say don't worry i know better than the genome knows everything that shapes you and is reshaping you and remaking you and every little component about you i know hang in there friends We have real hope. This God who's made the cosmos has become one of us and he understands the vicissitudes of life, the heaviness, the heartache, the uphill battle. He knows what makes you laugh and he knows what makes you cry and he's hoping that you'll put all of yourself into his hands and trust him. I'm praising the Lord today for God's patience, for his grace and his power. I'm so thankful I can turn to God. There are moments when I see things about myself I don't like. There are moments when I've done things I wish I wouldn't have. I'm so glad God has not put off with me and I can come back over and over again. As a matter of fact, I'm so glad he woos me back. And for that grace that covers and for that grace that cleanses and for that grace that empowers, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for every time God's told me no, no. Man, I've got a long list. Some of it doesn't hardly matter, and some of it matters for everything. I pastored almost 20 years in my last district. It was a wonderful journey most of the time. But there were phases of my life when it's like, Lord, would you deliver me? And he wouldn't. I may have told you the story once before, but I'll tell it again. The audience changes. I knelt on my knees probably a Wednesday or Thursday. I said, God, if you want me to take a call, send me a call today. Of course, when you pray that kind of prayer, you're paying attention to the phone. And most pastors aren't in one place nearly as long as I was. And so the longer you're there, the more you can appreciate my prayer. Because sometimes you know more than you want to know, and sometimes you have less faith than you need to have the next day I got a phone call from a conference president a friend of mine to a church that would have been a lovely place for me to raise my boys right next to the Rocky Mountains the only problem was it was a few hours too late man I wanted to say sure I'll come out and look I waited a week to call him Because I didn't have the courage to shoot my opportunity in its own foot. But I finally did. And I want to tell you, as I look back on the trajectory of my life, my ministry, and my family, what God was doing, He was saying, now listen, Ron Kelly. (laughs) Ellen White says, there's no less a place prepared for you right here than there is in heaven. In effect, what God said, all right, I'm listening. So you think I'm not listening. Oh, I'm listening. The call won't come today. It'll come tomorrow. So that you know that I'm listening and that the answer is no. You're gonna stay right here. And I wanna tell you something. What you feel in the moment is what you may not feel in the future. But I'm gonna tell you, standing here before you today, I know beyond the shadow of a doubt that there have been dozens of things where God has said no to me, where if I would have gotten a yes, it would have turned out to be the wrong answer, not only just for me, but for my spouse and my children and how many others, I don't know. Friends, rejoice when God says no. You're looking through a keyhole. You can't see what he sees. It's like uh, one of those boys said at the academy. He said, "It's it's like life is this great big computer screen. And we get to see one or two pixels. You just remember that. We're trusting God. I'm thankful, friends, this morning for my passport. I am a citizen of the United States, and I want to tell you something. I'm thankful for the liberty it stands for, the freedoms it is protected, the opportunity it's given. And while this is not, you should be proud of your country wherever you're from, today we all happen to be right here who are listening in the live in this presence, you're in the United States of America. It has its problems, it is, not the, it is not the heavenly land, but while we have opportunity and while it represents what is represented around the world, which is liberty of conscience, freedom of speech, and all these other grand freedoms, we ought to exercise our power and take advantage of it. I'm thankful for my church, not just locally, although this is where I'm thankful first and foremost. I'm thankful for every single thing we've done together. I'm thankful for every person we've facilitated a better education to, whether it's in Benton Harbor or whether it's in El Salvador. I'm thankful for every prisoner who's received a package. And by the way, I'm guessing it's getting upwards towards 15,000 packages we've sent. Praise the Lord. I'm thankful for every ministry that happens that I don't know about, that's personal, which is the most important ministry base. One-on-one, no orchestration, but God, I'm thankful for that. And I'm thankful for every single thing we've done to minister in every way we've done, announcing the grand and glorious themes of the Bible. I'm thankful for the hope and the happiness. I'm thankful for the church school. My list can go on and on and on, but the most thing I'm thankful for are the thankful hearts and the kind looks that encourage each one of us and give us a life that is better than wealth and luxury. I'm thankful for my health. Some of you are battling health as you're listening to me this morning. Listen, if you walked into this sanctuary today, praise the Lord. If someone had to push you in or you got to control yourself on the way in, praise the Lord. There are people who would love to be here, but they can't. If your mind runs on a relatively steady plane and you can remember things, praise the Lord. Friends, Don't take it for granted. It's the cornerstone of so many other blessings, and I'm inviting you to invest. I'm so thankful for the message of this church. Just having finished, proclaimed it in Jesus on Prophecy. I am grateful to be a part of something so grand and glorious and respectable, so true and so solid. And I'm thankful for the layers of our church, this this union, this division, this general conference, this worldwide family of faith. I am so thankful that I'm part of an organization that takes Matthew 28 seriously. By the way, I'm thankful for real books with real pages. And I'm thankful especially to my dear Lord Jesus Christ who died on the cross so that all these things could be given to me. My life is rich. And full and So is yours But it can be fuller and richer if your heart is thankful and you're willing to give away kind words and kind looks friends look around we're living in a a University setting who should be invited to your Thanksgiving celebration and when you get there some of you may be leaving town To go to it go put a hug on somebody go give a thoughtful word (laughs) life is heavy life is hard you can go down into the pits and come up to the mountaintop all in one day, depending on how things happen. I'm encouraging you. Don't miss the opportunity to put an appropriate touch on somebody. Lay a hand on a shoulder. Squeeze it as you walk by. Put a hearty hand in another hand. An embrace. Write a note. One of those rare things. Now, you can send a text. That's fine. And you can send an email. That's probably a little better, but do something kind of prehistoric and get a piece of paper and write on it. People might stick that in their Bible, which is hard to do with the digital version. Sign your name. Spend a little extra money on a nice card. Show the world that you're thankful. Wherever you go, don't take them for granted. Maybe it's the store clerk. I stood in line in Houston, you see funny things in the airport, but I watched two people come up to the line and they didn't know it was going to cost them more for that bag. The attendant at the desk was nice, so as I'm going by with my ticket stub in my hand, I mean I did it on my own even, she was still sort of dealing with them, and I put my little barcode down there on the scanner just as I'm walking away I just said thank you for such nice customer service and I want to tell you something such a big smile broke out on her face go the extra mile with your words and your attitudes and I promise you what David say surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life Why not leave a trail of green, verdancy, relational happiness? You can do it. And you know what? It's a great Sabbath afternoon activity. Get a piece of paper out and write a note of encouragement to somebody. Stick it in the mail and pray that it'll do more than you anticipated it would do. Friends, we have so much for which to be thankful. I'm also thankful that it's still day Jesus says the night's coming when no man can work. Can we go to work, friends? I have hope. I work with some of the most fantastic people. So many dedicated leaders in this church. A beautiful, united spirit. What can stand before us? Friends, let's press together and press on. Ellen White says there should be 100 workers where there's one. How are you gonna do that? We're gonna have to focus our lives more and more around the work. And the work is organized at the church. Make sure your homes are too. But we come together and we press together. What's God wanna do with you? I am the happiest when I know God is using me. And friends, I promise you, study all the psychology you can study But you know, Maslow could only get it partially right. Yeah, you got to have a little something in your tummy before you move on to the next level of actualization. But if you want to be truly actualized, if you want to be truly full, give yourself away for Christ. And may God bless us as we come up to these next five, six weeks May we not be sucked into the vortex of regular Americans celebrating. May we fly higher, know greater joy, and hand out more thankful words and kind looks. And may God bless us as a people, as the most thankful people. And may we simply say, Lord, I want to bless you. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Friends, your sins have been separated in that chapter. It tells us farther than the east is from the west. You know how much that cost? You know how wonderful it is? Stop and think about it. And pass on a whole lot more thankful attitudes, actions, and words. And may God bless us. May all things now living, a song of thanksgiving, carry in their hearts into these next six weeks. And may we go finishing strong for Jesus and his cause as we anticipate the year 2020. Amen.